The reading tonight is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, which can be found on page 115 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. The Coming of the Holy Spirit When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, but I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jenny. Um, This is Phil. For those who haven't met you, Phil, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I've done quite a lot of things. I've... I'm a retired Baptist minister, but I've spent a lot of my ministry in ecumenical settings in healthcare, in healthcare chaplaincy. And uh, for the past three years now, we've lived just up the road in Wurlow. Um, so it's nice to come and join the local church here. Lovely. 
And I think there, there are a few who would say they were um, hidden Baptists in our congregation. Yeah, well. Here. You, you're in good company. <laughs> Shall we pray for Phil and then I'll hand over to him. Feel free, you could rest, uh, put out a hand if you want, uh, asking for the God's Holy Spirit on him. Lord God, we give thanks that you pour out your spirit on all people. We ask that you be with Phil as he faithfully um, tells us from your word all the good gifts that you have and the good things you have for our lives. Bless him and bless us through him, we ask for your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Roland. There's a, a great website, I don't know if you've come across, called The Bible Project, which has got a lot of background information uh, on books of the Bible and themes in the Bible, and this is their little video about the Holy Spirit, which just sets the scene for the events of Pentecost. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass, and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up, and God's Spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's Spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now... Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's Spirit is at work. 
The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. So my last job, before I retired, I was for a few years a chaplain in Milton Keynes Hospital. And one day I was wandering around one ward, a men's ward, chatting to people and a lady came up to me, one of the visitors, and said, would you come and speak to my husband? Because he's heard your accent and he'll sound like him. And he was from Doncaster. And he'd lived in the South a long time. So a bit of South Yorkshire was welcome. And it's rather like that if we're on holiday somewhere. You know, you're on holiday in a foreign land, especially one that's not full of tourists, if you hear an English voice, you tend to turn round to see who it is. There were people in Jerusalem at this first Pentecost who'd come from all over the place. And that long list of places that we get in Acts chapter 2, it's all around the Mediterranean Sea, southern Europe, North Africa, into uh, around Turkey, a big swathe of the known land at the time. People from all those places were in Jerusalem. Jewish people from those areas. Why? Because there was a big feast coming up. And people wanted to go to Jerusalem for the big feasts. A few weeks ago, there'd been the feast of the Passover when they remembered their escape from Egypt. And seven weeks after the Passover, there's another feast called the Feast of Weeks, or when they celebrated it at the end of that period of seven times seven days, it was 50 days, so it was called Pentecost. And uh, it was a kind of harvest festival. You can read about how it was all started in Leviticus, but there were a number of harvest festivals. This one celebrated a barley harvest. But rabbis, in the time between the Old Testament and the New, they also at that time celebrated Moses going up to the mountain to receive God's law and coming down and bring it to the people. And some people have seen parallels between Jesus bringing the Holy Spirit, sending the Holy Spirit down on his people and the first fruits of God's harvest. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that, but people see those parallels. But these 
foreigners who are in Jerusalem for the feast, they hear these disciples speaking in their language. Now, they'd probably all be able to get by in Greek, because that was the language used in most of the Roman Empire, or in Hebrew or Arabic, uh, sorry, Aramaic used in Jerusalem. But to hear their own languages from wherever they come was quite a surprise, especially when they looked round and they saw these Galileans from the land north of Jerusalem. It was surprising that God was doing this and giving them this, this language, these languages. It doesn't seem to be quite the same as the gift of tongues that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14 or most of the examples of Christians today speaking in tongues. They're not normally recognized by people. But there was something strange happening. And they were, what, what's happening here? Some people said, well, they're drunk. They're just going out in the street and gabbling away. But Peter stands up to explain what's happening. Why these followers of Jesus, it's not just the 12, it says it's about 120 who had all been together, praying, why they were suddenly coming out and speaking in this way. Something special has happened. And Peter says, it's what the prophet Joel spoke about. The prophets in the Old Testament, they look forward to a time when God would break in. He'd come into history and do new things. Most of the rabbis were thinking that God had stopped speaking for the last couple of hundred years or so. But Peter says, now what this prophet Joel had said, it's happening. It's been fulfilled before their eyes and their ears. And it was important for Jewish believers to know that this was something that tied in with the Old Testament. It's not a brand new something that's happening. It's God doing what he promised. It's consistent with God's long-term plan for the world. And it's God who is speaking. The God who spoke to Abraham, who spoke through Moses, who spoke through the prophets, looking forward to a time when people would see him. So Peter says, first of all, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Secondly, he says, it's the last days. The prophets looked forward to a time when God's Messiah would bring in a new age of God's kingdom. When people from all nations would worship God. And it's here, says Peter, these are the last days. Not in the sense that the end of the world is just round the corner but the beginning of God's final act. The start of the, begin, the beginning of the end, if you like. Jesus had announced the coming of the kingdom of God. He demonstrated in power God's kingdom. He established a core of followers who would spread the message of the kingdom. And he now he's been equipping those followers to be his witnesses. 
when he comes again in glory the kingdom will be here in all its fullness but in the time between Pentecost and his coming again we are living in the last days I have a friend who is one of those people who looks at what's happening in the news and he says I think it's the last days and you want to say well yeah it's the last days not in the sense of we're just interpreting the newspaper readings but it's the last days because we're all in that in between time And Peter says, so it's fulfillment of prophecy, what's happening now, it's part of the last times, because God said, through the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Men and women, young and old, all social classes, the servants and the served, they would see dreams, they would speak words of prophecy they would know God they would have this something happening by the spirit as it said in the video this is a time when God's spirit was not just given to special individuals but to all his followers it's not that spirit inspiration is reserved for a special few And did you notice in the reading that when the sound of the wind was heard there was what looked like tongues of fire which separated and went to each person. The indwelling spirit is for individuals. We each can be filled to know the spirit. Not just for the the vicar and the, the rest of the staff. It's not just for a few special people. It's for all Christians. Before his ascension, Jesus had told his disciples to wait for God to baptise them with the Spirit. And this is it. Don't leave Jerusalem, he'd said, but wait for the gift that my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. John baptised with water, but in a few days you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And as a good Baptist, I take it that it means more than just a little bit of a sprinkling. But people would be overwhelmed by God's Spirit. So, Peter says, it's what Joel talked about. It's the end times. God's Spirit has come. And now, the challenge, he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The new age, the age of the Spirit, has begun a new life is offered to all. The book of Acts, in the book of Acts and in the epistles, you can see the early church wrestling with the implications of the fact that anybody could become a Christian, could believe, could be added to God's people. And that's because the Holy Spirit has come. The Holy Spirit makes this new life in Christ, this new salvation possible. It's not an optional extra. He's the one who gives us that birth. So, we didn't read all of Peter's sermon, but he goes on to tell the crowd about Jesus' death 
and his resurrection and his ascension and how it was foretold in scriptures and that now God has poured out the Holy Spirit it's the culmination of Jesus' ministry and Peter says therefore there must be a response repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that's what he says in verse 38 and 3,000 people respond Peter was saying what we've received you can receive too the events in that room the sound of the wind and the tongues of fire might have been a bit of a one-off but the presence of the Holy Spirit is for all Christian believers. Christians' life begins with the activity of the Holy Spirit and it continues in the power of the Holy Spirit. And just a couple of chapters later, when the believers are facing persecution, they pray for boldness and they are filled with the Spirit. He keeps coming to equip and to help In the the video, because it begins at Genesis, it talks about the Spirit as God's personal presence. And as they go on, they realise that God is there in the Holy Spirit. And of course, as the church went on, they quickly realised that God's God's Spirit is a person. So we've got God the Father and God the Son sending God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And he is the one who enables us to call God Father, says Paul. He's the one who aids our prayers. He's the one who gives us words to say when we are facing persecution or being questioned about our faith. He's the one who equips us with spiritual gifts. He is the one who produces all that fruit of goodness in our lives. The Christian life is impossible without him. Paul tells the church in Galatians to keep in step with the Spirit. He tells the Christians in Ephesus to be filled with the Spirit and he uses a a continuous verb there, keep on being filled with the Spirit. So if we're not Christians now, you need to be, come and believe and be baptised. Maybe join that uh, confirmation group and receive God's Spirit. And if we are Christians, we need to keep on receiving from him and being equipped by him. Sometimes we sing a Rend Collective song, Build Your Kingdom Here. And I was just thinking of some verses, some words from that to to end with. A good prayer. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we've been made. Come set ablaze, come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church and we need your power in us.
Amen.